Good morning, Converge. Let's stand and give our God some good worship. Amen. How many know that he is glorious? Amen. Amen.
open up your mouth and send up a shout to our King. Hallelujah. If you know that the battle that you're facing belongs to the Lord. And he's never lost. We serve a God that cannot lose. Come on, lift your hands if you know what I'm talking about.
season in your life where you had battle after battle after battle after battle and you didn't know if you were going to come out of it. But you're standing here today because you made it out because God never loses a case. He never lost the case. He never will. Can y'all help me sing that? He never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. He never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. He never will. He never will. Said he never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Said he never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. I never seen the righteous forsaken. Lost a battle. Not his seed begging bread. Said he never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. He won't lose. Sing, I know he won't lose. He never will. And I know he won't lose. I know he won't lose. And I know he won't lose. He never will. He never will. And he never will. And he never will. We got some living witnesses in here. He never will.
to know that you've never lost the battle. You are the undefeated champion of all those that believe. And so, Lord, while we're going through our battles, help us to remember that we've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. That you rejoice over us with singing and you quiet us with our love, with your love. That your plans for us are good plans to do us good and not to do us harm, to give us a hope. And one translation says the future that we hope for. So Lord, we offer this up to you. You are a good, good father. You've been so good, you've been so good and we thank you. And even though our situations try to tell us differently, we exalt you as Lord over our lives this morning. We enthrone you and we say, have your way, that the battle is not over because once it's over, we know the end of our story is we win. We win, we win, we win, we win in Christ Jesus, we win. So we thank you, Heavenly Father. It is in your precious name, Jesus, that we are so excited. It is in your precious name, Jesus, that we offer this up to you. It is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray this morning, amen. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord. In years past, I would say, oh, excuse me for being excited, but I am unapologetically excited because we had our own very own Dexter who was in the hospital in ICU. Andrea, you see her sometimes up here with Cassie giving the announcements. She called me the day after Christmas and she normally doesn't call me like that, but our team leads that serve, they have access to us at any time. So I see her name on my caller ID and I answer the phone and I say, Andrea, and she's crying. And I said, what's going on? She says, Dex has an aneurysm. I said, I'm telling Pastor Ray right now, where are you? We are on our way. And I'm telling you, Dexter got on a white denim jacket. He's got on his convert shirt today and he is in the house so when we're singing with passion that he'll never lose a battle that call could have been something different while I was at lunch last week I'm sitting down at lunch with Dominique we get a call that Guy Fernandez has been in a terrible motorcycle accident he has broken every bone in his face he was out on the back roads they didn't even get a call they weren't even able to get sales signal to figure out how to call the ambulance so somebody that was with them called Patrick. Patrick calls us. We're praying. They had to care flight him to the hospital in Fort Worth. He flatlined twice in the ambulance. Guy used to come from Red Oak and serve with us when we were in the theater. He still belongs to us. And we're believing. I mean, I was in Magiano just lifting up. And we were praying. I'm with Dominique and the girls, and we're believing God to do what we can do do you know the other day they took that breathing tube out do you know that guy is talking do you know that when we say he never loses a battle hallelujah we give you glory we give you honor and praise so you may not have lived long enough life to know that God is faithful the Bible says that even when we are unthankful and faithless he will not deny himself and situations come now Dexter's is planted in the house of the Lord and he serves, but a situation came. In October, uh, Andrea is coming up here serving and helping us get ready for the building dedication and has a stroke planted in the house of the Lord and situations are coming. Lolita calls me at six o'clock one morning. I'm in Boston with Nia and her son had gotten killed. Situations come. But let me tell you, for every situation, 
There is a name that is above every name. This life that we live, everything is not going to be perfect. It is not going to go our way. But in every Bible that I own, I write in the back, we win. I tell myself, when do you know the end of your story? That God is a good, good father. And if you trust him, if you trust him. So we thank God this morning for his faithfulness. We have Brother Perry sitting up here on the second row. I'm telling you, he was out in the yard. He had come to church one Sunday and was doing fine. Hugged us goodbye. I watched him walk to his car. Next thing we know, Pastor Jesse is calling us from the hospital. He's in ICU. They're calling in his family and he's sitting on the second row. Oh, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. With all of that, we still had five funerals last year, this year, this year, in 2020, not this year, in Jesus' name, in 2022. With all of that excitement, we still had great loss. But God is still God, and we are not. And this place, my friends, is not our home. It's not our home. And so you come on Sunday morning for us to get, look at the man of God walking right here. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for Brother Dexter. And so I know circumstances could try to rebut everything that I say, but I know him to be true. When we were in the hospital room probably nine, ten years ago with Gina Mangum, and she was transitioning from this life to the next. This was one of our members. We were still new. We were only five years in. Our oldest daughter and her daughter only three weeks in age. They were seven years old at the time. What do you tell a seven-year-old who's gone to church her whole life and her mommy is dying? And do you know in the face of all that, Gina Mangum, I watched her sit straight up and she said, God is good. I don't want Gigi to not trust him because of this. And I'm telling you, the doctors had a note on her door that said, do not sit her straight up. The, the, the tumors were encasing her body like a vest. That was the most painful position. When she transitioned, I'm telling you, Chuck, you were there. She sat straight up and went to glory. Just as peaceful and quiet. And if I hadn't believed that God was real, I knew it from that moment. This place is not our home. We believed, we tarried, we fasted, we prayed, I spoke in tongues, we slapped oil, we did everything we could. We knew to do what the word says to do. And Gina is in glory now. So sometimes it doesn't work out our way, but God is still good and he is still faithful and he is still worthy to be praised. So be encouraged today that circumstances will lie, but God is, is still God and we don't have to like it. But the only thing he asks us to do is trust him. Remember what happened when Lazarus died? It says Jesus wept. And he still knew he had the power and he raised Lazarus up. You know what, Lazarus' sisters, they had walked with Jesus and they said, where were you? If you hadn't been here, our, father, our brother would not have died. So you may have a situation. You're coming to church, you're serving, you're believing and you're saying, God, where are you? The Bible says that he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And you stay with Converge long enough, we're going to make sure you don't miss a bill, a biscuit, or a beat in this process. 
We're going to be the church. We're going to love people, but we're going to let God be God. Pastor Ray and I are not God, but God is going to be God in this place. So I'm going to move out the way because Pastor Ray is going to come and he's going to preach down the house. But I wanted to encourage you because we are in our... Uh, Second week, we're leading into our second week of prayer and fasting. If this is your very first Sunday, good morning. I am Pastor Wendy Harmon. I belong to Pastor Ray Harmon, and we welcome you to Converge this morning. And I am so excited that you are here. I'm so excited that I have a God that I can be excited about on your behalf and on my behalf. Amen? And so we started our uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting last Monday, 6 a.m., and so we're going into our second week. And some of you may have the the bookmark. If not, we're going to order some more because we're out of them. And these are our strategic prayer points. We've actually been praying these prayer points for about three or four years. I told Pastor Ray it was about 11 years, but I found you were right and I was wrong, baby. Oh, my king. I was, you were right and I was wrong, baby. Oh, my king. I found the original, the, the, the green bookmark. And so I'm glad to be wrong when it comes to the things of God. And so if you are like me and you wanted to be cute this morning, you did not bring your readers. All you have to do is take a picture of it. And you can enlarge the strategic pair points off of the, 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 the bookmark. And so our very first prayer point that we have been praying for about three or four years is a transitional or permanent facility that is strategically located, highly visible and easily accessible, affordably priced or free large enough for all our ministry needs. So what I want you to do, I want you to get you a big old red Sharpie and just mark an X right across that prayer point because the Lord has answered. We were able to walk into this facility September 1st debt free. It is strategically located, highly visible, and it's looking good. Yes, and so that strategic prayer point, the Lord has answered. He is faithful. And the reason why we want you to write down and we want to keep a record of this is sometimes you want to see how God is moving in your life. You may want to put a note on your calendar of what you're believing for. I know we've got our prayer requests over here. As God is answering your prayer, if you put a prayer request over there, we need to start taking those down. We want to see the cross. But right now, we're just going to let God be God and do his thing. The very next strategic prayer point we have that we're praying during this 21 days. We are praying for winners and sinners. And what that means, winners, stable, mature Christ followers who serve and lead with passion, creativity, excellence, and integrity. We are praying for sinners, not, oh Lord, help the people out there. We are praying, oh Lord, bring them here. We want to love them. We want to to wrap our arms around them. We want them, we want to tell them, come see about a man who knew everything about me and he still loves me. So sinners, opportunities to reach the unchurched and the de-churched. De-churches, I used to go to church. Them church folk people got on my nerves. I don't fool with church folk no more, so I'm not even really going. We just need one good Sunday to get those here. That is the de-church. We want to love on them, love them back to health and life. We want to see the unchurched and the de-churched church in our community to give them the gospel. We want to see weekly salvations, weekly rededications, and quarterly or monthly baptisms. But Pastor Ray and I are kind of old school. We just got to roll a pool out right here in the middle and while the hose are still going, if that is your day of salvation, we are willing to do it. <laughs> our next prayer point is we want healthy 
consistent numerical growth. How many of you know that everything that grows is not healthy? That is the difference between a cancerous tumor and a bulging bicep. So we want healthy numerical growth. We don't want people saying, oh, we heard Ray and Wendy got that free building, so let's go see. And they come and bring a whole lot of, you know, hullabaloo. I got some oil and a prayer and a walk you back to the curb kind of anointing on my life. So, But we want healthy numerical growth. I'm going to stay saved this morning. Amen. All right. <laughs> what we also want to see is faithful members and high-capacity partners who undergird con- Converge Church financially. I believe we gave out in benevolence alone, not in missions, $38,000 in 2022. Yes, the Lord is faithful. And I believe one of the reasons why we could come and receive the blessing of this building is because we have decided to be generous. So we didn't start giving when we got the building. The very first time that we met in somebody's living room with chairs we bought off of Amazon or one of those other places, we raised money for the Greater Dallas Justice Revival, and that was 12 years ago that we met and so we are you pastor ray at another time will tell the story behind why we live so generously like that and so we're going to continue to do that but that is not ray and wendy that is your generosity and so we want to pray pray for high capacity givers everybody will not be able to give on that level but in acts it says if everybody does what they can nobody will be without so we want those high capacity givers Um, to undergird but we still give what we can we still give what we have is all you have is your 50 cent you drop your 50 cent proudly and give it unto the Lord and he will bless it break it and multiply it God being God we are also praying for a you before me culture of servant leadership and generosity we have scriptures to go with every strategic prayer point and so that is what we're praying but today i'm going to say a quick prayer specifically for prayer point number two our winners and our sinners we do need those mature believers who have been to church to greet those who don't know about jesus and we are in a a great location. Pastor Ray spoke last week about uh, the situation with Bartimaeus who was begging for change. He was blind. And then Zacchaeus who was wanting change but he was a tax collector. So you have those who are down and out because of their circumstance. That does not diminish their value to God or to us. And you have those that are up and out who may have those material needs but they still have a God-shaped void in their life. That's what we are placed right here at 1611 Wilmoth Road is to converge, to merge those two worlds together. The Bartimaeuses and the Zacchaeuses and we will be Jesus. We're not trying to be anything else but to be the church that Jesus imagined, that he designed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just, again, we come to you. And we know that before we open our mouths to pray, you hear us. And while we are speaking, oh God, you are answering us. 
And so, Lord, we thank you for the praise report that you have answered the strategic prayer point number one. But right now we submit to you strategic prayer point number two as we go into this week of prayer and fasting. We pray for winners and sinners. Lord, we pray that you bring to Converge Church those winners, those stable, mature Christ followers who serve and lead with passion and creativity and excellence and integrity. And oh God, would you allow us to be the church? And Lord, we pray for sinners. We pray for opportunities to reach the unchurched and the de-churched in our community, in McKinney, in Anna, in Salina, in Melissa. Lord, we pray for weekly salvations. We pray for dedications. And Lord, we look forward to the celebrations of baptism. Lord, we ask that you allow the word of Converge Church, the word about Converge Church to go out. So that as we lift your name up, Jesus, you and you alone will draw those men to us. You will draw those children to us. You will draw those women to us. You will draw the elderly to us. And Lord, we will be so committed, so committed we are and forever will be committed to do it your way. We love you so much, Jesus. We thank you for this day. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I go, I'm going to, Cassie, you can come on up. If you hadn't joined us on the fast last week, you are more than welcome to join us this week. Um, fasting, if you follow us on social media, you can even go back to last Monday. Pastor Ray has and our team have uploaded some prayer points. Fasting is making a sacrifice. It is not a hunger strike. What is what sacrifice are you going to make that is going to drive you to prayer or worship? And this is kind of silly, but I love coffee. Like I love coffee, like I love coffee. I have a French press. I have an espresso. I have a Keurig. I have an espresso machine. I have the Mr. Coffee. I love coffee. So the first thing when we pray and fast is coffee no more. It is a sacrifice to me. And I teach fourth grade, and I'm not on coffee. So every time that lack of caffeine headache comes, instead of me saying, oh, my head hurts, you know what I do? I whisper a prayer. For me, that's a nudge. I'm not trying to tell you not to eat or to do something. For me, that is one of my sacrifices. I don't eat meat, and I'm already gluten-free. So to take, you know, just to eat vegetables, that's not a sacrifice to me. That's just every day to me. So that is a sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice not for me to say, oh, I can't wait till the fast is over and I can go to, I'm going to go to Starbucks and Soiree and somebody else all in the same day. I mean, that's the desire of my heart. But every time I think that way, I say, oh, Lord, I thank you for the healings that we've received. Oh, God, I'm never going to sleep on the blessing that you have given us. Oh, God, I thank you. I've got a friend of ours, and we are believing for their spouse, and I am calling that name every day before the Lord. So a part of me praying for Converge Church, I'm praying for those who need community to be here. So join us this week. If you have any questions, again, check us out on social media and have a blessed week and know that you are serving the undefeated champion of all things good and glorious. Amen. Thank you. How about now? 
Hey, good morning. So great to see each of you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, a good hello, shout out to our online family, uh, Converge Nation. Uh, thank you for joining us, streaming in as well. If it's your first time here with us, we are so happy you decided to join us. We know there's a lot of options in our areas, um, and, but we appreciate you checking us out. If it is your first time, please stop by the Welcome Center so that we can get your name, say hello, uh, just to get to know you. Um, we'd love to get your information as well so you can get news of what's going on here at Converge. We will not pester you or bug you, but we do wanna make sure you stay connected here with us um, at what's going on with all the upcoming events. And, and one of those two, um, you'll be able to find out on Facebook, Instagram, if you're on TikTok, make sure to follow us at We Are Converge. Again, at We Are Converge, um, except on TikTok, it's at Converge Church to make sure that you're plugged into all of the happenings here at Converge. Um, also, if you have a middle school, high school age student, we have Converge students that meet back in the rail every second and fourth Sunday. They have a great time, lots of fun, learn about God, but also have good community while doing it. So bring your students and make sure that, yes, yeah, they're meeting right now. So if you're, this is the second Sunday, so if you have a student in here, um, you can send them back. They'll have a great time, but also um, the fourth, second and fourth Sunday every month. Also, um, so glad Pastor Wendy was able, able to cover the fast uh, that we're going through. She did a much more eloquent job of describing all of the, the prayer points and the fasting. Um, but we do want to welcome you to join us. I will speak personally that um, I don't know how long you had those specific prayer points going well before City Church because during the time that City Church was in uh, the Shops at Legacy meeting out of the Angelica Theater, um, they were praying over the de-churched. And that's where my husband and I stumbled in and saw some people roaming in with their jerseys on on apparently a um, Sunday fun day during the summer. And we're like, is there a football game being played in there? Like what? Like what's going on? So we decided to roam across the street, check it out, and realize it was a church. So um, those prayers worked uh, for us to, to kind of get us back in and boomerang back to church. And um, I don't know where our lives, our family would be without it. So they work and we don't just need the pastors to say, this is our vision for the church. We need all of you praying for these things it has an impact on the other end. So please join us. It's just intentional prayer time. It's for you too. Um, Pastor Wendy's example was perfect on your little nudges that you may need, but also just for those intentional prayer points that um, they do matter. They matter a lot. So help us um, pray with us during this time. The way that we will cap off the, the, um, the fast is on January 22nd. It's Vision Sunday and the celebration of our church anniversary. Um, We've been through an awesome journey. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it. If, if you're new to us, um, you'll hear about it, but we will, uh, Pastor Ray will be ca casting a vision for what 2023 will be like for us um, and where we're going. And we look forward to you joining us for that. And without further ado, I will bring up uh, Pastor Jesse to go over our Blessed Life segment. Hope you enjoy the rest of the service. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning, 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 good morning. I said good morning. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. The Lord is good. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. We want to ask you to continue to worship with us in your giving this morning. One verse says, honor God with everything you own. Give him your first and your best. 
And so we want to give you the opportunity to give this morning to the Lord. There are several ways that you can give. One way that you can give is by using the offering envelope. There are ushers in the aisles if you need one. There are also some envelopes in the back of your seats. There's another way that you can give. You can give by texting 77977 and the dollar amount. You can also give by going online at weareconverge.com. You can also give by downloading our app, our Converge app, and you can give there as well. There are a couple other ways that you can give, and that is by using Cash App, or you can use Zelle. Now I wanna make a note, if you use Zelle, please use the accounting email that's associated with our account. Not the phone number, but please use the email. That means it comes right to me and I can see it. All right, well thank you so much. We're glad you're here. We're looking forward to a great year in 2023. Pastor's been preaching the roof off the church. Amen. I almost say now he's been preaching that the roof looks like it's on fire. I hope the fire department don't come and try to put it out because we're on fire over here. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's bow our heads and let's pray and let's thank God for your giving. Father, we thank you this morning and we praise your name. God, you've been good to us and kind to us and we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Heavenly Father. We give thanks. Thank you for your people that have come to church today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship and celebrate your son, Jesus. And thank you, oh God, that we have a relationship with you. Father, bless your people this morning. God, give us wisdom and direction for life. God, that we may continue to grow and to be abundantly blessed, that we may be givers into the kingdom of God and see your word work. Thank you, Father, here at Converge Church, where Jesus' people and purpose is our goal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Sometimes it's not enough to be reminded that Jesus hasn't left you or forgotten you. We need to declare it over ourselves, over others. No matter the season you may find yourself in, no matter the depths of darkness you're wading through, you can join him in declaring the truth that God is light upon your feet, whether or not you can see the next step, that God is your strength even though the weight of life seems to be crushing you down, and that when your job, your marriage, your relationship, your health feels like it's coming to a dead end, there is only one God that can make dead things live again. These are his promises and they're the only thing you need to declare over your life. So as you step into this next season or this next moment, you can declare that God's not done with you. He's just getting started. You can He has started in you. He will surely complete it. You can declare that the same God that parted the seas goes before you, goes behind you. You can declare these promises over your life, over your family's life, over the people passing on the street. You can declare these truths over every circumstance, over every season of your life. You can declare that every day belongs to Him and every new breath.
because we have the power of a living God living inside of us. And this is our declaration. Man, amen. Come on, Converge Church, can you stand with us as we go before the Lord with this last worship song? We're standing on the firm foundation, which is Christ Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Oh God, you are worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Come on, lift your hands and help us sing this. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your arms to those around me. Yeah. Oh God, your name above all names. Come on, sing it out. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. And he's worthy. Come on, sing it out. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Trust 
Father, that's our prayer this morning, that we would build our lives on the firm foundation, the rock upon which we stand. His name is Jesus. Lord, we pray that this year, in 2023, we would build our lives upon you. Not like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, but like the wise man who built his life, built his house, built his family, built his dreams, built everything about himself upon the rock. That's our prayer, Lord. Would you do that in us? Would you do that through us? This year, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. Wow, got a full house almost this morning. That's a beautiful thing. I could get used to this right here. Amen. Once again, good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning worship experience that we like to call Converge Live. To all of you watching online, joining us virtually, our VFAM, our virtual family, Converge Online, we'd also like to say welcome. We'd like to say a happy new year to you as well. If you're a first-time guest, we're honored that you're here. This is an original to us. We stole it from the Olive Garden, but we believe that when you're here, come on somebody, your family. Amen. We really, really believe that. That is heartfelt. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing right here at Converge Church. We live in the buckle of the Bible Belt, so we know that you have options uh, in terms of where you could worship. And the fact that you are here with us means a lot to us. Uh, we're in a brand new sermon series that we're calling Back to the Basics. Uh, we felt the Lord impress upon our hearts uh, that it was important for us this year to go back to the basics, to revisit the fundamentals of, of our faith, uh, to ensure that we're building our lives on the solid rock and his name is Jesus Christ. I, I don't want to revisit all the details of our sermon last week, uh, but one of the things we talked about was the fact that at the height of Tiger Woods' career, he hired a swing coach, someone who would help him relearn how to hit the golf ball because the fundamentals, the basics matter. Serena Williams did the same thing at the height of her career. She hired someone who would help her strengthen her fundamentals. We talked about the San Antonio Spurs of the early 2000s, that what made them a great team 
uh, what, made them what made them an exceptional team wasn't the fact that they were fancy. In fact, Greg Popovich built the culture of that team on the basics and the fundamentals. We believe that this year, God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or imagine. But as we do that, he wants us to go back and strengthen our foundation. A few years ago, I noticed that the doors in our home weren't closing the way that they should have been closing, right? And then I saw a couple of cracks in the wall. And you think that something is wrong with the wall or something's wrong with the door. Do I need to replace the hinges and do I need to patch the walls? The truth is the symptoms we were seeing were the result of something much deeper. And that was the foundation. The foundation has shifted because in Texas, we deal with red clay and foundations tend to shift. There are a lot of things that you see in your life, the fruit of your life, but the root of it is really the problem. The bad fruit is often a direct result of bad roots. If the tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. And a lot of times we try to fix the fruit without addressing the root cause of the problem. And it is often a shifty, unstable foundation. And for us, we believe in 2023, listen to me, God is going to do exceptional things in and through our lives. We have no questions, no reservations, no hesitation about it. But we felt impressed of the Lord in prayer that a key for all of us who want to grow to the next level is to go back to the basics, the foundations. And so last week, we started where Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said we ought to start. And this is what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. What he was saying is for the believer, pursuing wisdom ought to be our highest priority because it is the principal thing. It is the first thing. It is the most important thing. A lot of times we have challenges in our lives because, not because of our effort or the lack thereof, most of the challenges we experience in our lives is because of our approach. It's not because you're not working hard. It's because you're not working smart. And a lot of times we try to build things in our lives that are out of sequence. They are out of order. Solomon gives us some insight on how we should build. And he says, when you start to build, make sure you build in the proper order and the proper sequence. And the most important thing you ought to do, the principal thing you ought to do, the first thing you ought to do is to seek the wisdom of God. And we talked about that extensively last week. And we said that wisdom has seven filters. We talked about how you know whether you're making a wise choice or not that you can filter every decision you make through these seven things. And it will help you arrive at the conclusion of whether you have made a wise decision or an unwise decision. And what James said in James chapter three is most of the bad decisions that we make, most of the unwise decisions that we make are rooted and grounded in two things. 
bitter envy and selfish ambition. Hey, Chuck, I want to hang out there for a second. James said, if you're going to make wise decisions, make sure you check your heart that the motivation behind your decisions is not envy because of what someone else has or because of your own selfish ambition. Let me qualify that for a second. It is okay to be ambitious. It is okay to dream. The problem comes in when your ambitions and your dreams are selfish and self-serving only. And what Paul's, I mean, James' admonition to us was, if you're going to make wise decisions, make sure you're making those decisions and those choices not because of what someone else has, not because you're trying to measure your life against someone else's life, and not because you're driven by this unhealthy, toxic desire to be first or to be the best. Paul says this kind of wisdom is earthly. He said it is sensual, meaning it is driven by our carnal, fleshly impulses. And he says it is demonic. He calls it wisdom, but he calls it an earthly wisdom. He calls it a sensual wisdom, and he calls it a demonic kind of wisdom. Because you know, as well as I do, that there are a lot of people who are envious, a lot of people who are driven by selfish ambition, who are winning. But guess what they use to win? They use a kind of wisdom that is manipulative. They use a kind of wisdom where they backstab. They still get what they want. Their selfish ambition is still gratified and fulfilled. But it is not the wisdom of God. And so Solomon says, the principal thing in your life and my life, if we're going to experience the life that God has imagined for us is to pursue. Here it is, to prioritize and to pursue the wisdom of God. Now, let me tell you where that starts. We're talking about foundations. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, says this is how we find the wisdom of God. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Any decision that you and I will make in 2023 that does not begin with the fear of the Lord, that does not begin with reverence for God, that does not begin with a desire to honor and please God, it's going to be a bad decision. That when you are making decisions, and the first and ultimate question you ask, if it's not, will this please God? It could be a bad decision. Because we live in a culture that says, if it feels good, do it. It's your life, you can have it your way. 
And we rarely, and this is even in the church, we rarely make considerations for whether or not this will please God. Why, why is this important? Why is this important? One of the reasons it's important is because, oh boy, let me say it this way. Anybody ever hear the name Shaquille O'Neal? Shaquille O'Neal, by far, by far, was one of the most dominant centers, not just during his era when he played, but one of the most dominant centers to ever play the game. A little over seven feet tall, over 300 pounds, he dominated the league in the low post and in the paint. If he passed the ball inside to Shaq, guaranteed two points. Teams realized that the way to neutralize Shaq was to identify a weakness in his game. And the weakness in his game was something fundamental. They didn't go after anything that was super complicated. The deficiency in his Achilles heel was the fact that he hadn't mastered something basic. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all follow along now. And so teams devised this strategy called Hackershack, right? Listen to me. Where at the end of the game, if we want to neutralize this guy and make him impotent, when they pass him the ball, where he is most effective, we're going to foul him. Because that will force him to go to the free throw line where he is least effective. And the thing they identified in this guy who was literally unstoppable was the fact that he hadn't paid attention to the basics. And so even though if you threw the ball to Shaq, down low you had a guaranteed two points, they realized if we foul this guy and put him on the line, we could end up winning this game. Because every time he failed to convert at the line, the opposing team rebounded the ball, took it down court, and scored two points. May I submit to you that the enemy of your soul has created a strategy, a hack-a-shack around your deficiencies. And the deficiency he goes after first is whether or not this person fears the Lord. Whether their life is driven by honoring Jesus or not. Because if I can remove this element of prioritizing God, if I can get them to only think about themselves, selfish ambition and bitter envy, I will neutralize them. Every single day of their life, I will send them to the free throw line where they're going to shoot bricks. And even though they're supposed to be most effective in the paint, if I can foul them right there, I will get them into a place, into in a position, listen to me, where they are useless and ineffective. Let me, let me make it crystal clear to you. 
the Lord, not the Lord, the enemy, has a hacker shack for the deficiencies in your life. And he will prey upon them and play upon them to make you ineffective in the hand of God. In 2023, listen to me, I'm giving you wisdom for the next chapter of your life. Mm. In, uh, in uh, Mark, what's that text? Mark chapter 6, 12 through 13. This is from the message paraphrase. Y'all ready for this? In the message paraphrase, notice the first part of that verse. We don't have to read the whole thing. It says, then they were on the road, and the disciples preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Can I take it off the screen? The disciples preached with joyful urgency that your life and my life can be radically different. Mm. I don't know if y'all caught that. The disciples preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Now, radically different alone isn't enough. In 2023, God wants your life not only to be radically different, he wants it to be radically better. Ooh, I'll say that one more time again. In 2023, God doesn't only want your life to be radically different. He wants it to be radically better. And it requires the wisdom of God. And it begins with the fear of the Lord. Putting God first in everything you and I do. So here it is. <laughs> I'm going to go fast and furious. Uh, James chapter 1. I think I'm going to call an audible here. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Radically different, radically better. You know, when you examine the life of Jesus uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, we get this idea of what's happening in Jesus' life. There's not much we know, all uh, right, uh, uh, from, well, there's a few things we know from birth to about 12 years old. But then from 12 years old to 30, when he begins his public ministry, virtual silence. Most theologians call it the silent years. There, there, we can fill in some of those gaps and make some assumptions because uh, in Jewish culture, um, young men would apprentice in the profession of their fathers. So it's safe to assume that during the silent years where the scripture is not explicit about what Jesus did, we can, we can assume that he apprenticed under Joseph his surrogate father as a carpenter. In fact, the word used in the Greek isn't even carpenter, it is builder. 
Meaning, Jesus and his father, Joseph, uh, probably had a very diverse skill set. They weren't just carpenters, they were builders. Meaning, they could do more than one thing that pertained to building a structure. Are y'all with me? But we see this glimpse of this progression in the life of Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. It says this, that Jesus grew. Come on, somebody say grow. In 2023, I believe that the Lord wants us to grow beyond where we've been. And God wants to challenge us out of our comfort zones. Listen to me. Your comfort zone doesn't make life safe. It makes your life small. And you've heard me say this before, that comfort zones are where dreams go to die. This year, in fact, my responsibility, one of my responsibilities as a pastor is to comfort the afflicted, but also to afflict the comfortable. And so there'll be some Sundays when you'll come in this room and you'll feel like you've been afflicted. But it's really God stretching you beyond your comfort zone because nothing good ever comes out of your comfort zone. You're awful quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Oh, it's marinating. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Chewing on it. You know, one of my mentors said this to me. He said, Ray, when you communicate, always tell the truth and let it settle. Don't hammer it in. That's what's happening right now, Brooks. I'm telling the truth and it's just settling in. With what? With grace. Thank you. Thank you. With grace. With grace. We say it like this at Converge Church, truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. So when you come to Converge Church, you're going to get what Jesus did. He was full of grace and truth. We're going to tell the truth, but it will be seasoned with salt and mixed with grace. Because truth without grace is mean. It's abrasive. Grace, though, without telling the truth is meaningless. So we will comfort the afflicted and we will afflict you if you are comfortable with the truth of God's word. Grow, grow. What did Jesus say? This is what Jesus said. Grow, grow, grow. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. It says that Jesus grew in three areas. First thing it says, that Jesus grew in wisdom. And he grew in stature. Uh, That word stature has a twofold meaning. It means he grew physically in stature, but it also means that Jesus grew in influence. Third area where he grew was in favor with God and with men. Notice that sequence. He first grew in wisdom. Wisdom. God wants us to prioritize wisdom in 2023 because the wisdom you walk in determines the level of your influence with others. People will be attracted to the fact that you have the right answers at the right time. And it will cause you to have influence. And when you have influence with others, 
here comes favor. You know what favor is? Favor is a divine assigned advantage for success. Listen to me. In 2023, God wants to give you a divine assigned advantage for success. But it begins with the wisdom of God. We define the wisdom of God as the ability to make finer distinctions, not just between good and evil, that's easy, but between good and best. Because this year you'll be presented with opportunities and the question won't be whether is this good or bad, the question is gonna be is this good or best. And from that place of wisdom, God will increase your influence. God did it with Daniel. He did it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon because they were tapped in to the wisdom of God. It increased their influence. And God gave them faith. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying this morning? I'm talking about how to win in the next chapter of your life. And that, let me just say, that chapter has already begun. Yes, sir. It's already started. Wisdom for the next chapter of your life. So that you don't go through life going in circles. And most of us confuse activity with progress. But how many of you realize that just because you're moving doesn't mean you're making progress. And for 40 years, this is what the Israelites did. They walked around the desert going in circles. And a lot of us are busy with activity. But not making progress. No, 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 I know this, that right now there are people in this room who feel stuck. Why am I? Let me, let me just help you real quick. It's called the stop, start, continue retrospective. Yeah, for those of you who lead in the marketplace, you've, you've used it or you've heard it, the start, stop, continue retrospective. That everybody who leads, and let me just put it this way, the toughest person you will ever lead is yourself. Just in case you weren't sure about that statement. Solomon is the poster boy for it. Because he wrote over 3,000 proverbs, I think 1,000 songs, but Solomon didn't live by his own counsel. He knew how to tell other people to solve their problems, except he didn't take his own advice. Am I lying? So it is absolutely essential for all of us to take inventory of our lives. Why am I, not why am I here, but why am I still here? And sometimes our greatest enemy is the inner me. Not somebody out there that's stopping you from winning. Are y'all with me? It's called the start, 
stop, continue retrospective. First time I heard it, heard it from Avery Johnson at the time he was coaching the Dallas Mavericks. That year, was he coaching when they won the finals? That was uh, Carlisle? But they went to the finals one other time, did they? Didn't they? I think so. They didn't? Uh, Western Conference Finals, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I love y'all. But the year I heard him, I think it was the year he took him to the Western Conference Finals. And changed the culture of the team by teaching them these three things. Start, stop, continue. He said in all of our lives, there's at least two things you need to start doing. And the decision of what you start doing starts with identifying the gaps that exist in your life. Not many of us stop long enough to identify the gaps that exist. So the first thing I said is, there's at least two things that you need to start doing. But he said, before you even start doing the two new things, there's at least two things you need to stop doing. Because in order to put something else on the plate, you got to take something off. And the things that you need to stop doing is you stop, you need to stop making the same mistakes. If we're honest with ourselves, listen to me, if we're honest with ourselves, we can identify the patterns in our lives. Ain't nobody else doing it to you. These are the choices you're making. And patterns determine what's predictable. Y'all have heard me say it before. Most of us judge people by their potential, and potential is always what is possible. The problem with potential is that there is something that can sabotage potential, and that is patterns. Your patterns determine what is predictable. So if I were a college recruiter trying to recruit an athlete, I wouldn't just look at his potential, what's possible. I would look at his patterns. Because that will predict whether he will ever fulfill his potential or not. Because his patterns become the seed of self-promotion or self-sabotage. Listen to me, this year there's two things you need to stop. Stop making the same mistakes. The wisdom of God will tell you to stop doing some things, to start doing some things when you identify what the gaps are. And then there's two things you need to continue to do. Because those things that you have been doing that you need to continue to do are the things that are bearing fruit in your life. So continue to do them. Wisdom for the next chapter of your life. The question is, what will you first of all take off your plate? Because those patterns are keeping you stuck right where you are. And most of those patterns are rooted in bitter envy, James chapter 3, and selfish ambition. Are y'all with me? I'm giving you wisdom for the next chapter of your life. 
So Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, influence, and in favor with God and man. I think I'm going to let y'all go right here. I'm going to let y'all go right here. Uh, there, there's a beauty to this, though, um, and it's, 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 it's so simple that we miss it. And I'm going to say this, and I'm out of your way. James chapter 1, verses 2, uh, 2 through 5. James chapter 4, 2 through 5. This is the wisdom of God. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The, the language or the word picture that James uses right there is an accounting term, right? It's end of the year or beginning of the year, and you balance your books. He's saying when you evaluate everything that you have been through and everything that you're going through, don't put it in the loss column. For the believer, for the Christ follower, who puts God first, there is never any situation in your life that is a win-loss proposition. It is always a win-learn. And that's why James says, no matter what you go through, you can count it all joy. You can rejoice because it wasn't a loss, it was a learning opportunity. So don't put it in the loss column, put it in the win column. He says, the reason you do that is knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's hard when you're going through it, but the testing of your faith is producing something valuable. It's producing something called patience. It's producing endurance. It's producing perseverance. And this is important because a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. I don't want to drive no car that ain't been tested. Do you? And our faith becomes useful to God when it has been tested and we've stood the test because it produces something in us called Patience. He goes on to say, but let patience have its perfect work. Very next thing is, is don't try to abandon the process prematurely. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's a problem with most of us. We don't allow God to finish the work in us. He said, let patience have its perfect work. Because faith is what we do while we wait. Oh, y'all missed that. Faith is the thing you do while you wait. And most of us quit uh, prematurely. God and I have this interesting relationship. He likes to wake me up early in the morning, like 3 o'clock. And on Tuesday morning after we started the fast, about 3 a.m., I woke up, and uh, I knew I was supposed to pray, which um, I started to do. And the way God and I roll is sometimes I start praying, and he stops me because he wants me to listen. 
Sometimes the most powerful thing that you can ever experience in prayer is not talking to God. It's listening. I posted this on social media the other day that the purpose of prayer is not to inform God about your situation. He already knows. That's why Jesus said, your father in heaven knows what things you have need of even before you ask. When I pray, I ain't trying to tell God about my situation. It's not about informing God. It's about inviting God to be the solution to your situation. So here I am hanging out at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I just have this impression that the Lord just wants to kind of hang out. I know it might sound weird, But I just felt like I needed to go back and read like Genesis 18. And in Genesis 18 is this great story of Abraham being a friend of God. And God said, can I do this thing and not tell my friend Abraham? He was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I ain't going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until I tell my friend Abraham. And for me, this whole fast has just been about cultivating intimacy with God. As I continue to read the story, you'll see where God shows up to Abraham and he says to Abraham, hey, listen, listen this time next year, your wife Sarah's going to have a baby. I want somebody to hear this. You need to hear this. Because 2023 will be radically different and radically better for you. Radically different. So yes, Sarah and Abraham, both well advanced in years. God says to Abraham, and Sarah is listening to the whole conversation, and she's standing in the tent door, and God says to Abraham, this year, or this time next year, Sarah will conceive. And Sarah, <laughs> and, and, and this is what the Lord's response was. He said, why did Sarah laugh? Here it is. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That was God's response. So I was uh, at a board meeting, um, and I'm just going to end the message here. I'm talking about faith is the thing you do while you wait. James said, James said, uh, let patience have its perfect work. So God gives God gives Abraham a promise when he's 75, and now he's 99. He's been waiting on God. Let patience have its perfect work. So I worked uh, bivocationally a few years ago in IT. I was pastoring the church full-time and uh, working in IT. And I made my job my mission field. And I believe, and I still believe, that wherever God plants you, that becomes your mission field. One of the things I'm crystal clear about is that God has called me to help people. Ooh. Ooh, this is good. I promise you I'm going to let y'all go right now. But there's a difference between calling and assignment. I know, and Pastor Wendy knows, we both know that our calling in life is to help people. It just happens that my assignment right now is to pastor this church. 
If God chose to move me from leadership of this church to do something else, I would still fulfill my call. But it would just be a new assignment. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Don't be so fixated on the assignment that you miss the call. So I was bivocational, understood both the call and the assignment. And I had a bunch of people uh, from my job who were going to church. In fact, uh, Warren and Tiffany Anderson are here. We were co-workers at the same company. In fact, there's another uh, gentleman here with his wife, uh, Sheldon and Regina, and the person who told them about our church is a guy that I used to work with. I'm talking about wisdom, influence, and favor. All right. So uh, there was one young lady that I worked with, and, uh, and uh, they were new to the area, and they were looking for a church. They weren't new to, well, they were kind of new to the area. They, they weren't new to Dallas, but they were new to the north side of town. And uh, May invited her to church, and she started coming, and they loved it. Uh, they live in Minnesota now. That's why they're not here, but they're part of our church virtually. One day I get a text. I get a text from Minnesota, and she shares this story. I, I would read it verbatim. Uh, no, I'll just read it. Just read it. Uh, this is the text she sent me, and I confirmed with them this morning. She sent it to me a few months ago. Actually, uh, may have been 21, but she just resent it to me because I wanted to share their story with you. And this is what she said. She said, hi, Pastor Ray. Uh, on time word today. Loved when you said, faith is how we manage the not yet. Let patience have its perfect work and learn the lesson of patience in managing the not yet. That's why Sarah laughed. Because she said, man, I've been waiting. And I've pretty much given up on this thing because it is a physical and biological impossibility. So when God shows up and says, no, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> God, stop playing. And God's response was, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, your 2023 is going to be radically different and radically better. We're sitting in a debt-free, multi-million dollar building that we walk in, walked into fully furnished and fully equipped. And when he looked at our church on paper, and what was in our bank account? Impossible. But there is nothing too hard. I want somebody to hear this this morning. So they sent me this text. Uh, and this was earlier. She just resent it to me. And she says, uh, I, I loved when you said faith is how we manage the not yet. Thank you. I just wanted to share that Bruce and I are expecting our first baby. Like the message today we always believed that we would have a son many years ago. We went through several rounds of IUI, and right before we did IVF, God reconfirmed during one of your sermons in January of 2020 that I would be a mom. Don't even remember telling her, don't even remember saying it, but during the message, she held on to something that I said. Notice what she says next. The IVF didn't work, but we still believed. Faith is managing the not yet. 
We knew God would do it. We just didn't know how. She sent this to me several, like last year or whatever. At the time, she said, we are excited that we are 20 weeks into the pregnancy that we conceived naturally. When the IUI didn't work, IVF didn't work, she held on to a word from God. And they conceived naturally because there is absolutely nothing too hard for God. Uh, She goes on. She said, seeking prayers from you and Pastor Wendy for the health of our son and the wisdom to be godly parents. In fact, they're watching this morning. And she said, sending love to you both from Minnesota, Lanisha and Bruce Young. Uh, Warren and Tiffany, you guys remember Lanisha? Yeah, they remember Lanisha. And so uh, for Christmas, guess what they sent me? Uh, they sent me a Christmas card. Yeah, with, with, yeah, yeah. Y'all can get excited and say, ooh, ah. And this is Bruce and Lanisha. Oh, they're, they're up there. This is, this is Bruce and Lanisha. And, uh, and, uh, and God gave them a, a miracle. You know why? Because they learned to manage the not yet. Let faith have its perfect work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. Uh, you, know, you know my favorite part? Here it is. You know my favorite part of this? Well, let me put it this way. Uh, my second favorite part of this story. Y'all y- y- ready for this? My second favorite part of the story. Is that Bruce the Fourth was born on my birthday. So I don't call him Bruce the Fourth. I call him Lil Ray Ray. He mine. He's mine. He is mine. Listen, we live in a house of miracles. I don't know what you're believing or trusting God for this year. But listen to me. There is absolutely nothing too hard for the Lord. So, 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 uh, this is where I close. I promise. This is my final close. He says, count it all joy when you go through these diverse trials and temptations. We'll talk about that next week, what that means. Uh, uh, Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking absolutely nothing. It's going to take the wisdom of God as God takes us into new places and new spaces. I'm telling you, God is going to, listen, God is going to open supernatural doors for us this year. I'm telling you. In fact, I told you last week that our word for 2021 was there is more. It's still our word for this year. God wants to do more. Y'all going to see me in and out this year because of some incredible doors that God is opening that will transform an entire, listen to me, an entire nation. And I'm going to get emotional because God is going to bring you. I'm telling God is going to bring you before great men and great women. God is going to open supernatural doors of opportunity and if you and I will simply honor God and put him first just as Joseph did 
God is going to open doors that you never thought possible. So, Father, we ask you to do that now. <laughs> it's not because we're waiting on you. God, it's because you're waiting on us. So prepare us, God. Prepare us, God, for the more that you have for us. Father, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that our patterns won't sabotage our potential because you desire to do even greater works in us and through us. We trust you for that now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, and amen. Praise the Lord. All right, Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? I see a lot of new faces this morning. If you're a first-time guest with us, man, my wife and I would love to shake your hand, hug your neck, and thank you personally for being with us. I just want to invite you. I just, again, encourage you. If you're kicking the tires, looking for a church home, not sure where you're going to land, we ask you to just give us some time and uh, maybe a couple more weeks and then decide whether this is a place for you or not. But what you will find here is a group of people who love, who love hard, man, and dream big. And uh, we believe that God wants you to be a part of what he's doing right here in this season. Uh, we'll be outside, Pastor Wendy and I, in the lobby uh, to greet you and connect with you. And uh, once again, thank you. God bless you for being here. And we'll see you next week. Pastor Jesse. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our service today. I pray today that as pastor has, has admonished us and taught us that we will leave this place today looking, looking with your eyes open for an opportunity to allow Jesus to be seen in you, to allow the wisdom of God to be seen. Don't just leave this place and just go. Go with expectation that God's going to take you to the right place at the right time to see the right person to invite them, not so much to our church, but just to invite them with a good word, a clean word from God. That's what we have to do. We have to leave with the expectation of looking for somebody this week to allow Jesus to be seen in you. Amen? Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Father, bless the people today as we go with expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand before you leave. And tell them they look good.
you were impacted by today's worship experience, would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You could also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.